I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to episode 28 in the fourth edition of the AIC Bible Study video series, New Testament Gospels. In this episode, I continue the discussion of the role of John the Baptist in chapter 1 of St. John's Gospel, beginning immediately after the prelude in verses 1 to 18. The focus in this episode will be on events which took place over a four-day period, including St. John's teaching concerning the mission of John the Baptist, the relationship between the followers of Jesus and the followers of John the Baptist, the calling of the apostles, and St. John's dramatic conclusion of chapter 1. At the end of the episode, I will point out where material presented in episode 28 appears in the AIC Bookstore publication, The Gospel of John, Annotated and Illustrated. When John the Baptist appears for the second time, it is during the period, as St. John explains later in verse 28, when he was baptizing in Bethabara, an area east of the Jordan. St. John uses St. Mark's terse question-and-answer style in verses 21, 22, and 23 to record a dialogue with some priests and Levites sent from Jerusalem by the Pharisees. Who are you? they ask in verse 19. The Baptist confessed that, quote, I am not the Christ, to which they replied, What then, Elijah? To which he replied tersely, I am not. When they persist asking, Are you the prophet? They are referring to the one mentioned in Deuteronomy 18, verses 15 and 18, of a prophet like Moses that God would send from among the people. This same Old Testament prophecy is mentioned later, near the end of the chapter, when it is spoken by the Apostle Philip. The illustration is a detail from a 16th century Russian Orthodox tempera and guilt on panel icon, The Harrowing of Hades, in which John the Baptist, in his role as last prophet of the Old Testament, stands in the honored position at the right hand of Jesus, who is raising Adam and Eve from captivity in Hades. Their frustration shows in verse 22, who are you that we may give answer to those who sent us? In his answer, the Baptist quotes from Isaiah 40, verse 3, quoted in enlarged form in Matthew 3, verse 3, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Their follow-up question implies that they, and by inference the Pharisees in Jerusalem who sent them, feel that they have nothing to repent of. Why do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? Here, some knowledge of Greek is helpful. Baptize comes from the Greek baptizo, which means to immerse. In the New Testament context, it signifies repentance and a washing away of guilt. The Baptist's humble answer most likely only confused them. 
who denied Jesus' divinity? Here's the answer in verse 26 and 27. I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who, coming after me, is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. This scene is the last which occurred on the first day of the four days recounted by John in verses 19 to 51. When John the theologian transitions into his account of Jesus' first direct encounter with his cousin John the Baptist, son of the Blessed Virgin's cousin Elizabeth and her husband Zachariah the priest, he does not follow the synoptic model. He offers much that is unique to his gospel, but offers only an abbreviated account of Jesus' baptism by John the Baptist. Nor does he offer any explanation of why the sinless Jesus was baptized. The time here is the second day of the four days in verses 19 to 51. St. John again uses the literary device of a qualifying clause in verse 30, intended to elaborate upon the meaning of the Baptist's answer to the Pharisees the previous day in verse 23. As he did in the prelude and in Revelation, which he wrote in the year before writing his gospel, St. John writes in bold theological phrases, including Lamb of God, used in the New Testament only in John 1, 29, and 1.36, and several times throughout Revelation. Now here is the full text of the encounter in verses 29b through 34 under the title, Who is Jesus? The Testimony of John the Baptist, after which I will comment upon the text. The illustrations are four depictions in various media of the baptism from the gospel books and other sources from the 11th, 12th, 13th, and 19th centuries. The final verse parallels John 1, 14 and 15 in the prelude. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Like the opening prelude or prologue as some would call it, these verses explain why St. John is known in the Eastern Church tradition as John the Theologian. Instead of following the synoptic pattern, perhaps assuming readers already knew the story from the synoptics and from Acts of the Apostles, St. John recounts John the Baptist granting Jesus the title, the Lamb of God, in verse 29b. 
John the Baptist will repeat the title the following day in John 1.36. The title is not used anywhere else in the New Testament except by John himself in several variations in Revelation. The illustration, The Lamb and the Book with Seven Seals, is an early 11th century illumination in egg tempera and gold on vellum based on Revelation 5.1 from the Bamberg Apocalypse as I used it in the AIC bookstore publication Revelation, an Idealist Interpretation. We also hear other unique statements. John the Baptist says twice, first in 132 and again in 133, that the Holy Spirit, quote, remained, unquote, upon Jesus, a detail not found in any of the synoptics. The illustration is the baptism of Christ, an illumination in colored inks and gold on parchment from the Hitta Codex made at Cologne in the Ottonian style around 1020 A.D., for Hitta, the abbess of Meschede, Germany, from the Universitats und Landesbibliothek Darmstadt, Darmstadt, Germany. And again, we want to thank the authorities at the library for allowing us to use high-resolution images. In verse 33, John the Baptist testifies that he who sent me to baptize with water meaning God the Father, testifies that Jesus, quote, baptizes with the Holy Spirit. John the theologian has John the Baptist deliver more testimony on the divinity of Jesus Christ using the same phrase spoken by the archangel Gabriel to the Blessed Virgin Mary in Luke 1.35, an account of the Annunciation. John the Baptist says in verse 34, I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Taken together, verses 29 to 34, recording events on the second day of the four, affirm what St. John the theologian had already said in the opening verses of the prelude in John 1.1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the next set of verses, 35 to 42, which take place one day later on the third of the four days recounted in John 1, 29 to 51, and still in the region of Bethabara, east of the Jordan River, John the Baptist uses the phrase, Lamb of God, a second time to introduce Jesus to his followers. The two disciples he mentions in the first verse are thought to be Andrew and John the Evangelist Theologian. Again, this is verses 35 and 36. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. In the verses that follow in the balance of chapter 1, St. John instructs on how the followers of John the Baptist became followers or apostles' disciples of Jesus Christ. The illustration, Jesus meets the followers of John the Baptist, is seen four in a two-sided frieze in colored inks and gold on parchment from scenes in the life of John the Baptist made in the Alsace region on the border between present-day France and present-day Germany 
in the second quarter of the 12th century from manuscript additional 42497, British Library, London, England. Before I continue with details of St. John's account, let's look at the title, The Lamb of God. It is used, as I noted, twice and again several times with variations in Revelation. Perhaps the reason that no further explanation is offered in the text is that the expression was in wide use among Christians by the end of the first century. Another explanation is that St. John positioned it near the start of his gospel as a transition into the rest of his gospel account of how Jesus the man, an incarnate Son of God, offered himself as a propitiatory sacrifice for all the sins of man since the original sin by Adam and Eve. Critics of St. John argue that he was of advanced age and may not have fully or correctly remembered his experiences. I suggest that the opposite is true, that he knew exactly what he was saying and conveyed his meaning successfully in his unique gospel, his three epistles, and in the book of Revelation. The illustration, Homage to the Lamb, based on Revelation 7, verses 9 and 10, is another example of the early 11th century Ottonian-era illuminations used in the Bamberg Apocalypse and reproduced in the AIC bookstore publication, Revelation, an Idealist Interpretation. St. John, having already had the priests and Levites ask John three questions in verses 19 to 24, now has Jesus used the question format on those who are literally following, following him, asking, What do you seek? This is much like St. Luke's style in his gospel, in which the question format plays an important role. For example, what kind of child will this be that I discussed in episode 12? They answer indirectly, granting him the title rabbi, which means teacher, and ask, where are you staying? The time is 10th hour, which means 4 p.m., one short of 11th hour, the traditional end of the Hebrew workday. Come and see, Jesus said in verse 39, and they go to see the place where Jesus lived. John gives no details, but traditional scholars believe, believe that at the start of his ministry in Galilee, Jesus lived at Capernaum. Here, St. John tells us that Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. This account may have happened before he selected Capernaum as his base. In his narrative, St. John names three of those who became followers of Christ, Andrew and his brother Peter, also called Simon Peter, both of Bethsaida in the Decapolis region east of the Jordan, Philip, and Nathaniel, known as Bartholomew in the Synoptic Gospels. The unnamed disciple is probably St. John himself. The unique details of the appearance of Andrew and Nathaniel is discussed in episode 41 and episode 42. In a series of verses, St. John goes back to offer details. In verses 41 and 42, he offers the story of Andrew and Peter. 
Andrew, traditionally known as the first called of the apostles, finds his brother Peter saying in verse 41, We have found the Messiah. The Messiah is a Hebrew word for which the Greek equivalent is Christ. The artwork is Fishers of Men, or Calling of Peter and Andrew, a second quarter 20th century stained glass window by Franz Mayer of Munich at St. Joseph's Villa Chapel, Richmond, Virginia, from the AIC bookstore publication, Paintings on Light. In verse 42, Jesus meets Peter, recognizing him, saying, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas. Cephas, which means stone or rock in other translations, is Petra in Aramaic, one of the common languages of the Holy Land at the time. Peter is also known as Simon Bar-Jonah, which literally means Simon, son of Jonah. Jesus often gave the disciples names. John and his brother James were called Boanerges, or Sons of Thunder. The illustration, The Calling of St. Peter and St. Andrew, is an opaque watercolor over graphite on gray wove paper by James Tissot, completed between 1886 and 1894 in his Life of Christ scenes at the Brooklyn Museum, Brooklyn, New York. On the next day, the fourth of the four days in John 1, 19-51, and which is recounted in verse 43, Jesus recruits Philip, like Peter and Andrew also of Bethsaida, saying, Follow me. The illustration of Philip is an oil on canvas circa 1611 A.D. by Peter Paul Rubens from the Prado Museum in Madrid, Spain. Philip found his friend Nathanael, saying to him in verse 45, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. Nathanael, expressing the Jews' disdain for Nazareth, said, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? In verse 46, the illustration is an Italian Renaissance oil and panel of St. John and St. Bartholomew with a donor by Dasso Dossi, painted around 1527 A.D. from the collection of the Galerie Nationale di Arts Antica in Rome, Italy. Dossi's real name was Giovanni di Nicolai di Luteri. Nathaniel is assumed to be the same person as St. Bartholomew. He is discussed again in episode 36 and episode 41. The dialogue between the skeptical Nathaniel and Jesus is an illuminating demonstration of Jesus' divinity. His greeting to Nathaniel in verse 47 was, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. Nathaniel, to use a word favored by St. Luke, marveled at how Jesus knew him. How do you know me? Jesus said in verse 48, Before Philip called you, when you were sitting under the fig tree, I saw you. This demonstration of divine insight further amazed Nathaniel, who declared in verse 49, Rabbi, 
You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. The final verses of chapter 1 are as dramatic as the opening five verses of John's prelude. Like the phrase, Lamb of God, they foreshadow events told by St. John in his account of the final three tumultuous years of Jesus' earthly life. The title, Son of Man, in the final verse was used by St. John in Revelation 1.13a and has strong Old Testament precedent in Daniel 7 verses 13 and 14. Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. Most assuredly I say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open, the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The illustration, Christ in majesty, is a depiction of his coming again in judgment from a miniature illumination in temporal and guilt on parchment made around 1220 A.D. for the Codex Bruxal, or Evangelistar von Speyer, after the German cathedral for which it was made. From manuscript Bruxall 1, folio 1V, Badische Landesbibliothek, Karlsruhe, Germany. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this episode or not previously mentioned are from the AIC Christian Education video series, The Lives of the Saints, from the first series, the 1928 Book of Common Prayer Saints, St. Andrew is the focus of Episode 1, John of Episode 4, Philip of Episode 8, John the Baptist of Episode 10, Peter of Episode 11, and Bartholomew Nathaniel of Episode 13. From the AIC Bookstore Publications, The Gospel of John, Annotated and Illustrated, topics discussed in this episode are found in Chapter 1, including the identity of John the Baptist, the baptism of Christ, the dialogues with Peter, Andrew, Nathaniel, and Philip, and the calling of the first disciples, illustrated on page 20 from the Codex Arius of Echternach. From Layman's Lexicon, Words and phrases of interest are angels slash archangels, baptism, lamb of God, right hand of God, synoptic gospels, and the word. In the beliefs of the Anglican Church, the sacraments, including baptism, are discussed on pages 66 to 75. In Paintings on Light, the Stained Glass Windows of St. Joseph's Villa Chapel, the Baptism of Christ is illustrated and discussed on page 14. In the Writing Prophets of the Old Testament, Isaiah is discussed in Part 2, Chapter 1, pages 13 to 20, with a text box, Isaiah and Christian Liturgies, on page 16. Daniel is discussed in Part 2, Chapter 4, with the Son of Man reference on pages 45, 46, and 47. Finally, there is Father Ron's blog, which is accessible using links at the top and the bottom of each page on the website. Entries in the blog usually include an illustration. The direct URL address is www.anglicaninternetchurch.net 
slash blog with blog in lowercase letters only. By clicking on the Follow Anglican Internet Church Legend in the right-hand column and afterward entering your email address, you can register to receive notice of each new posting from our site host, WordPress.com. Please be assured that we do not share information with any other organization. Thank you for joining me for Episode 28 next time in Episode 29, I will continue discussion of the Gospel of St. John with part one of seven parts focused on the I Am declarations that are unique to St. John's Gospel and to Revelation. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.